Sal Berry. Of course you remember the glow puck, because I think I bring it up at least six times a year. And Tim Parrish. People tell me that they want the glow puck to come back. You know what I say to those people? Get a bigger TV. I say good day. I say good day to you, sir. I say good day. This is the Puck Junk Podcast. Thank you for clicking on that play button. Welcome to the Puck Junk Podcast. Sal Barry here along with Tim Parrish. And today we are going to talk about the 2016 World Cup of Hockey. So far we've had some of the preliminary games and uh, I've watched the ones that I've been able to watch and I'll grump on that in a little bit. But uh, Tim, how you doing? What are your thoughts on uh, this so far? I am doing fantastic. Um, and my thoughts on this are um, kind of a, they're a mixed bag. I mean, going into this, I know we talked a little bit about what this was, what we were going to expect and, and, and see. Um, anytime you get the best players in the world all playing against each other, it's entertaining hockey. And I was expecting, you know, the, the very same coming out of this. Um, I thought it was going to be a little more intense than Olympic play, and so far I think it has been. Um, you know, ha- has it lived up to expectations? I'm not sure, but I think a lot of that has to do with how it's been presented rather than the actual product on the ice. So, I, I think that's a I'm good, excited. That's a good point there. How how it's been presented. My problem so far, because I'll tell you this, I was excited about this. And I will admit, what made me excited about it were actually the silly commercials that they played during the Stanley Cup final. And then during, uh, you know, the summer, I'd catch a commercial, fictitious Reg, uh, Reg Carling Reg. show. Yeah, yeah, Reg, you know, and uh, is it just me or is uh, not a much nicer? <laughs> you know, I mean, I liked I liked those commercials because I feel like ESPN was poking fun at themselves because they don't cover hockey I don't think hockey fans watch ESPN, or if they do, it's not for hockey. It's for other stuff. So I I have not had any desire to watch ESPN since... um, Actually, I think the last time I watched ESPN is when they broadcast that KHL game during the lockout a couple of years ago. And before that, it was probably when the NHL was actually on them. But uh, So I thought that they were poking fun at themselves, like, we really don't know a lot about hockey, haha, whatever... Uh, but then they, (laughs) but then their coverage, like all of their games have been on this thing called ESPN3, which is their streaming channel. And I'll admit, I've watched some of the games on stream and the quality has been fine. It's actually, that hasn't been too much of a headache. What really pissed me off was that the USA-Canada game was on something called ESPNU, which is like their college channel. So I could not watch the first game between USA and Canada. I couldn't stream it because I didn't have a subscription to ESPNU. I couldn't watch it on my TV again because I did not have that as part of my cable subscription package. So right there ESPN gets a big fail because here is this intense game between two heated rivals, the two biggest hockey superpowers or two of the biggest hockey superpowers and I can't watch it. That's interesting because ESPNU is actually part of the package that, that I have on my cable. 
I don't, I figure I just assumed that it was a normal ESPN channel, just mm-hmm. like regular ESPN, ESPN two, so on and so forth. So I didn't have any problem watching it. What I missed was the second game, um, the one that was broadcast and streamed. So that's the one I didn't get to see. So the what's funny is going. I've been frustrated with ESPN on and off for the past twenty years because. I remember back in the 90s, they used to show a lot of their games on ESPN2, and those games, what was it? They used to show a lot of their games on ESPN2, and not every single household had ESPN2 uh, as far as cable subscription packages. Now, back in the 90s, if I remember correctly, this is before they started going to, like, the different tiers, like 100 channels, 150 channels, 200 channels. It was either... You got it or you didn't get it. If you paid extra, it was for something like HBO, Showtime, Cinemax, stuff like that. So ESPN2 was not in a lot of households in Chicago. And I remember they would show Blackhawk games on ESPN2. But because I guess if I understand this, or no, it wasn't that they blacked them out. They would black out. They would black out games, but if it was a national broadcast, they couldn't black out the game. But if it was a national broadcast on ESPN2, it didn't matter. I couldn't see it anyway. But that's going back to the 90s. Now, it's just as frustrating because I get ESPN, I get ESPN2, but I didn't subscribe to some god-awful subscription package that has 500 channels so I could get, like, you know, ESPN8, the Ocho. Yeah, um... I don't know if it's actually part of part of the service that I have. I mean, it's on there. I think well, I pay. Yeah. I think I pay an extra five bucks a month to have the sports package, so it might be included in there. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just the extra sports channels. It's not like the the all the games package things. It's just you right, know uh, maybe a couple. Right? Not like maybe, yeah, maybe it's a couple extra channels. I don't know, but so I was able to watch that. I was able to watch the game that was on ESPN too. Um, yeah, I, I watched right. that too, and and unfortunately, the coverage was fine. The game itself was boring. That that uh, team uh, team kids table versus team leftovers. Boring. I like that game. That that game showed me a lot of what I was hoping to see from Team North America, but wasn't sure that I was actually going to see. I thought these guys were going to come out there. I wanted them to come out there and be fast and just be high, you know, high flying and just make some crazy plays and stuff like that. And the fear was that they were going to go out there and just lack leadership and making lots of mistakes and and all that kind of stuff. And where there were mistakes, those guys are fast. That is a fast team. I don't think that they're going to make a lot of mistakes because, uh, a couple of things like so it's pretty much split 50 50 between uh usa players and canadian players and a lot of these guys have been playing with each other in tournaments a, a lot of you know the the canadians and the americans have been you know they've been playing against each other you know in international tournaments for a long time so they they kind of know each other anyway know their tendencies and then you have um a lot of the guys have been teammates before in like world juniors and stuff like that. So 
I don't think that there would be a leadership problem. I don't think there'd be a gelling problem. Um, I think that there's the old adage of age and treachery versus, uh, what is it, youth and exuberance or something like that. But uh, But you have to to admit that, yeah, leading up to this, the guys know each other. They've, They've played with each other. Some of them are friends. You know, they came up through the juniors together. Okay, that's all fine and good, but this is... This is international play on an NHL level. And these guys don't have a lot of the NHL experience that they do to go out there and play. I mean, yeah, they play on their their regular teams, but come on. They play on a team where there's one, two superstars and they're shoved onto like a third line or a fourth line in some cases, or, you know, they're the superstars like Connor McDavid or Jack Eichel that are on the top lines, but they're surrounded by veteran players and guys that have been around for a while. Now you put them all with young guys that are good and can play, but there isn't a whole lot of leadership overall there. So pitting them against, you know, all these guys that have a lot of professional level experience, I thought was going to be, it was going to be interesting to say the least, but these last two games that they played, there's no question in my mind. They could be that. They could be a sleeper team in this. And, you know, it should be interesting then um, on uh, Tuesday when they play, or um, is it Tuesday? When do they play? They're going to, North America is going to play another preliminary game um, against, I believe, Sweden. Let me see. Nope. Czech Republic on. I, say, I think it's the Czech Republic. September 14th. Yeah, that's it. So they're going to, I mean, it should be interesting to see how they do against them. If, they end up winning, if Team North America ends up winning the entire tournament, like right now all we've seen is preliminary or tune-up games, whatever you want to call them, exhibition games, if they end up winning the whole darn thing, does that make the experiment a success or a failure? I mean, if if they beat Canada, I mean, would that be, would, would, would that be like, oh my God, what monster have we created, right? That That'd be something to see that. <laughs> to see the North American team go out there and stomp on Canada or, you know, even the U.S. I mean, look, okay, yeah, they, they're going to play against Czech Republic. Czech they lost against Russia the first game. They won this one in a shootout. Czech Republic's rough. They are a rough team. The, the only reason why they the shootout yesterday, was, was it yesterday, Saturday? Yeah. The only reason why it went to that is because – if you watched any of the game, mm-hmm. Russia just—I don't know what they were doing. They were—they were asleep at the wheel most of that game, and so they just let—they let the Czech Republic hang around, and when they could have easily put them away long beforehand, and they just didn't. Um, the first game, they kind of, with the exception of special teams, Russia pretty much dominated the Czech Republic in the first game. They're—they're they're rough. I mean, if you look at the roster. Of the Czech Republic team, it's not like the Czech Republic teams of old. No, you don't. You don't have a lot of the star power that they used to have, and a lot of the NHL big big guns that came from you know came from that country. Um, I would say you know if you look at all eight teams, I would I would probably say the Czech Republic is the weakest team mm-hmm. of the groups. Even though they did pull out a game, 
Um, it is preliminary, and I think everybody's going to step up their game once the actual tournament starts. I, I don't, I don't see them making it out of making it out of group play. Have you watched any of the games online yet? Yeah, okay. I watched the. Um, I watched most of the first Russia Czech Republic game mm-hmm. online, and I watched part of the Finland Sweden game online. The and first then, one or the second the, one? The first one. The one that went to overtime. Yeah, and then today I watched uh, um, North America and uh, Team Europe. Most of that game, I, I saw about two thirds of it. Well, what I find kind of funny is that some of the so I watched the. Uh, the second Finland Sweden game, and uh, where Sweden won six to three, and what was funny was that they were doing they were basically just broadcasting the feed from, I guess, um, Sportsnet in Canada. Yeah, was... Sportsnet has the other feed. It's uh, ESPN and Sportsnet, and I forget some European station. Has well, it too. what's funny was that the Sportsnet broadcast. So they weren't ESPN three, which is their online channel, wasn't even bothering to put in commercials. So like, what would happen is they they'd broadcast the game and then they'd go to a commercial break and like literally like if you know how like a player gets penalized and then they cut to a commercial, the camera would just focus on the player in the penalty box because that's how they would start when they'd come back. So I'm just like sitting there at my laptop watching this guy in the penalty box dry his face off or like you know they'd go to like commercial oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it, like you see the coach pacing back and forth and it'll be like and we're back and there's head coach blah 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 and it was just funny like yeah it's the same as it's the same as this when you get the center ice feeds is um if you ever watch the if you ever get the center ice uh local broadcast for whatever team you're watching it's like that too because they black out the commercials because they don't obviously they think watching the commercials from a region that you don't live in is is horrible and bad. Well, that annoys me. So they me. don't let them. They don't broadcast them, and then you're left to just watch whatever the cameras are focused on before they turn on. And a lot of times you end up watching the interviews that they do in between, mm-hmm. especially when they go to uh, in between periods, and they'll do an interview with a player, and you end up seeing it twice. You end up seeing the initial interview. Uh, that they broadcast and then they may make a couple quick edits to it and then they broadcast it again on the actual broadcast. Mm-hmm. So you end up seeing it twice and that's that's part of that feed. The online ones is exactly the same way. The NHL games I've watched online, they're all like that too. So you end up with I call it dead cam dead camera syndrome where it's just you're just looking at whatever or they back the camera all the way out so you're looking down at the ice. Uh-huh. It looks like ants going around cuz the camera's from the the roof, so what is yeah. this? A hockey game for ants? Yeah, there you go. So I, I, I like that, though. I don't mind. I mean, I, I don't have to see commercials. I think it's funny, though, because uh, the uh, Saturday night's um, USA-Canada game on ESPN3, they had commercials, but they didn't have enough commercials. Like, they'd show, like, 30 seconds of commercials and then, like, a minute and a half of, like, nothing. Of, of, of like, the 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 players on the bench or whatever they just they, they didn't have enough like they it's like they sold some commercials but not enough to fill the two minute commercial break it's probably the same thing they probably have so many commercials sold and they can broadcast the national ones across all feeds but anything that's local they probably can't feed through i well, always me... like to watch those and wait for the uh 
wait for the one time that that somebody's mic is turned on and they slip up and say something that they shouldn't. I love that. You know, I've I've heard quite a few um, interesting comments that Bob Erie's made on some of the Penguin broadcasts. (laughs) I remember back in the back in the nineties, watching the Blackhawk feeds via a a satellite dish, uh, and during uh, commercial break, you know, Pat Foley. Dale Talon, who was his uh, color commentator at the time, would just, they they would either just, you know, just totally just like BS for the two minutes, or they'd rip on a player who was having a bad game, or they would just, you know, you know, just mess around with each other. They were, they were funny to listen to. Like, that was a lot of fun. Um, you're not going to get that so much anymore, because now I think they know, whereas before, back in the 90s, not everybody had a six-foot satellite dish, and we're intercepting the transmission that was going from, you know, Joe Louis Arena to the studio. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but, yeah, so it looks like all the games themselves are going to be on ESPN or ESPN2, so maybe they'll do a little uh, better. I did like the studio coverage with Brett Hull and... Um, Chris Chelios in the in the studio. That, that made that's what feel... I was going to ask you about. Yep. Uh, is what you thought of that studio team? Um, I think it was know, okay. Having... I mean, the I forget the the host's name, but she did most of the talking. But that was probably okay because Brett Hull and Chris Chelios are they're they haven't been in front of the camera as much. So basically, you just set them up with easy questions until they get really comfortable. Until they get to Keith Jones level. <laughs> Yeah, um, you know it's interesting because the you have you have a you have a studio team that's made up of two ex NHL players, two Hall of Famers, guys that have been around. They played in the World Cup. They won the World Cup. You know these guys are Stanley Cup champions. They're no stranger to being in front of the camera, and it's just it's interesting. To see, okay, here's two guys that you don't normally see on a broadcast. You don't normally see doing color or doing an- analysis and things like that. And you just think that you take for granted the fact that they're just going to be able to sit there and just be like anybody else. And it's it's funny because the two of them back and forth, it's like they're just having a conversation with each other half the time and they don't even realize the camera's turned on. And I think that's and okay. The, and those little cutscenes that they keep doing of them giving like their memories of the World Cup previously, where they're both sitting in a bar and they both have beers sitting in front uh-huh. of them, and throughout the whole five-minute thing, the beers never get any lower. I find that hard to believe with the two, considering the two people that are there. But you know, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, I find that to be uh, to be interesting. So I think I think as long as we're talking about the World Cup and this is a, a preview of the World Cup, I know everybody else has talked about the jerseys, but damn it, I want to talk about the jerseys too, because why not? So what do you think? Um, I'm I'm liking I'm liking the North America jersey. I'm liking the Europe jersey. Everything else is pretty much standard. I even like the the USA jersey. I didn't like the ones that they had in the Olympic, excuse me, in the Olympics because the shield on it reminded me too much of the Rochester Americans. Here I like the redesigned logo. I like I like the USA jerseys too. I, I probably like them all. Um, hard to mess up the uh, the Sweden jersey because they just do their three crowns and it looks awesome. Yeah, the jerseys 
problem with the uniforms. I don't like the Europe Team Europe ones. I don't like their logo. It, the logo is just odd to me. It should have been just like the 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 symbol, like the euro, right? Like the the money sign, the euro. Yeah, uh, I don't even know if that would have made up for it. I, it's just a, it's just weird. It's weird looking. I don't it, know. It's hard. It's hard to come up with the logo for an international team that's not really an international team. I mean, right. it's it's an international team. It's a cross-national team. It's not like, you know, you go to like, okay, let's say it's the Team Italy, right? You could do the shape of their country. You could do their colors. You could do their national bird. You know, there's so many things you could do with when you have one and when you have like, uh, you know, seven, eight different teams making up, or uh, excuse me, seven or eight different countries making up a team. Eight. Eight. You can't really borrow, like, from one of the countries. You can't make it feel too much like, oh, well, this is obviously a Slovakian flag, or this is obviously the German, these uh, colors, or something like that. You, you, it's, 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 it's hard. Oh, no, I got, I got that. I just... The, the shape of the whole thing, the shield with the hockey stick, and, and the I, e? I assume that's a hockey puck to make it look like an E. I yeah, don't know. I think it's creative. But I think that's creative, and actually, odd. I like their um, their their dark uniforms are kind of weird because they're split down the middle with like the different colors of blue, but their white uniforms, I think they look really nice. Uh, with they they kind of have like this uh, gr- like an aqua or like a teal. Yeah, almost. they were kind of. They were kind of early San Jose Sharks looking. Yeah, well, you know, I today. I uh, love me my Which sharks. I know you have an affinity for the for the that time frame. So. Just a well, no, and and that uh, yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Um. <laughs> I like the North American jersey. I like the black. I like the gray. I, I think that's kind of a cool. The the orange. I don't know the orange lettering. I could take or leave that, but I I actually like their their setup. Well, it seems like the only orange markings, and I can't remember their um, their the white uniforms, but I know that the home uniforms they have the uh, the NA in uh, orange, right? But yeah, the NA's in orange, and the triangles outlined in orange, and all the numbers are outlined in orange. Oh, okay, and an orange yeah. stripe. There's like three orange stripes going down the sides underneath their arms. Yeah, I I actually would like a little more orange. I'd like some orange stripes yeah. on the socks. I saw that they like I think they were all wearing warrior gloves and they said warrior and orange on the cuff and I would like a little more of that orange. You start adding more orange with that black, it's going to look like Halloween jersey. Yeah, like the old NHL jerseys from the 80s, the All-Star jerseys. Uh, uh, no, and you know what though <laughs> the, the 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 heather gray that that kind of offsets that a bit. I like I like it too. I saw a kid a couple of weeks ago at a local ice rink, uh, and he was wearing not a jersey but a Team North America T-shirt, and I think that was kind of cool because it's like, hey, all right, you're big with the twelve-year-old crowd, you know, the the youngsters. Yeah, they. I, I don't know when they when they announced the, the like and they they broadcast everything and they showed them all. They, I think the initial reaction everybody was like. You were either on one of two sides. You were kind of excited about them, or you were like, "Oh my God, what have they done?" Mm-hmm. And I think the long since they've been out for a while, and people have seen them, and now that people have actually, um, you know, gone out and 
and they've played games and you've seen them in these they're not as they're not as bad as I guess they initially started to look. Yeah, that's true. I, I think when you see them playing it, it looks cool. Um, the stripes on the sides on on the um, on the sides of the jersey do kind of give it a distinct like this is the World Cup jersey. Um, I'm not even offended by the SAP logo that's on all the jerseys, although NHL cannot should not do that for NHL games. Yeah, and there was there was a lot of talk about them kind of making these a little more KHL looking with Ugh, no no you know I had a friend who, I had a friend who lived in Germany for four or five years and he lived in uh, Cologne we call it Cologne but it's pronounced Cologne they have a team called the Sharks and so I'm like hey can you order me some shark stuff because you know me if if it's yeah. hockey, I have to have it, right? right? So you know, I told, I looked at their website, and I'm like making a list of what I want them to buy for me, and like you know, I want a puck, I want a t-shirt. Then I looked at their jerseys, and it was just like ads everywhere, and then there was like a Sharks logo in there somewhere, and I'm like, uh, I'm not gonna pay like over a hundred dollars. I don't even know what it would have been with the exchange rate to 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 just be a walking billboard. Like, that turned me off right there. And the same thing, like, when I see people, like, wearing, like, a Chicago Fire jersey and it says Best Buy really big and it has the little soccer, you know, Chicago Fire logo on it. Right. I, I, That's terrible. And I think if they put... I am old enough to remember when the Blackhawks did not have ads on the boards at old Chicago Stadium. Of course, it didn't really matter because they weren't televising games, so it wasn't like anybody outside of the 18,000 who came to the game would have actually seen the ads on the boards, but it looked really clean. And then I think of like the 2010 Olympics in Vancouver, where they didn't have ads on the boards either. They had like the almost like a green like mountain design that was going around the boards and then like the Olympic rings. It looked really cool. It was just, it was nice. It was like not distracting. And now we have ads on the boards. We have ads on the ice. We have virtual ads on the glass. Now we're going to put ads on their jerseys. Next, they're going to find a way to just digitally beam the ads onto our retinas. So if we blink, we still see it. Here's the thing. You're talking... Okay, I, I get the Olympic thing because the Olympics sponsorship is pretty much locked down pretty tight. I mean, if you watched any of the summer, you saw a lot of the stories that went on about uh, athletes that compete in sports that aren't your traditional sports, uh, um, like track and field type stuff that you don't think of there's a season of the, for that or there's a team for that or mm-hmm. you know it's not one of the major sports that's out there and you know these guys make their living off of sponsorships and they you know they run races wearing you know logos and and stickers and things all over their bodies as they run these races and stuff and the olympics didn't allow them to do that and so you know the world's biggest stage everybody watching you could get get paid a lot of money through your endorsements by doing that. So I know the Olympics locks down a lot of that, makes you sign contracts to where only only their sponsorship is allowed. So that's why you don't see a whole lot of that. And if they play in areas or in rinks that already have that, they black it all out or they repaint over it or do something like that. And I mean, you know, 
sports arenas, it's a business. So, you know, they're going to make money somehow. I was, I was a little worried that they were going to go overboard with, you know, putting sponsorships and, and all of that on, on these jerseys, but it, it's been, it's, it's subtle. There's a couple on there, but it's not, you know, overwhelming. Uh, let's just hope that these stay the same jerseys uh, for preliminary play as, as they will for the, the actual tournament itself. Oh yeah, that's right. Then they'll have like the tournament versions of the jerseys where right. the ads are, you know, all over and the I, place. And I don't think they'll do that, but you know, this nah. is, this, this is sponsored solely by the NHL and the Players Association. So because the two of them have that agreement, I mean, here's two groups that they have a lot of advertising money invested in, in what they do. So you never know. Hmm. Yeah. So anyway, um, and then we have the trophy, or as I like to call it, an ugly vase inside of an uglier vase. Yeah, that's a good way to. That's a good way to put it. Well, I actually, actually thought it looked I, more like a couple of glass garbage cans. Yeah, stuck actually, together upside down. The, oh, glass garbage cans. Yeah, like those weird glass garbage cans, like you see in in like old people's bathrooms. Huh. Yeah, you know, my girlfriend said that, and she looked at it, and she's just like, "Oh, it's a." It's a vase inside of an uglier vase. That's exactly what my wife said. She's like, it looks like a, a big vase. You should put flowers in there. I'm yeah. Like, they might. Yeah, you know, okay, so looking back um, in 2004 is when uh, Frank Gehry, who's like an architect slash artist, uh, he designed the Guggenheim Museum. He designed, um, there's actually, if you've ever been to um, Millennium Park in Chicago, there's the Pritzker pavilion he designed that he does like all of these like elaborate architecture things with like swoops and sweepy things and whatnot i i don't know a lot about architecture but um it's not the same as the 1996 trophy if you look at that i think that's like a slab of lucite and it has like stick figure hockey players on it like um it's it's which year which one was that the 1996 one so the first year they did um World Cup of Hockey, it was a different trophy in uh, 96. And then after that, they switched to this trophy in 2004. Um, And actually, you know, it's funny. When the 2004 tournament was going on, I was in Europe. And I was actually in Denmark, which is right next to Sweden, although I spent a little time in Sweden. And they had a couple of games going on in Sweden, like later that week. And I tried, like I was, I, I had a friend, I was staying with a friend and I'm like, dude, we got to go to this game. It was like, they had like tickets to like Czech Republic versus Sweden. And it would have been in Sweden. And it would have been so awesome to go to that. Because in 2004, you still had Jager. You still had Hasek. You still had Forsberg. You know, and they were still all like really awesome players. And I wanted to go so bad. And like my friend was just like, oh, well, that's kind of far away. And eh, we'd have to fly there. And I'm like, well, come on, this is Europe. Isn't there like some sort of bullet train or something that'll get us there? You know, because like, I didn't want to like... The channel? Uh, the, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. I mean, it was like... But then again, I mean, and the, the friend that I stayed with was a nice friend. And he, I still consider him a friend. But like, he was also a little lazy because I'd be like, hey, let's go to Legoland. And he'd be like, oh, well, but that's on the mainland. Because I was in Copenhagen, which was like this... Uh, uh, there's like the mainland and then there's an island, which has Copenhagen. But everybody in Copenhagen calls the mainland the island 
because that's all the farmers and stuff. So they're like, yeah, we're the island, but really we're the mainland. And so they're just like, oh, that's on the mainland. And, yeah, you know, it was just too far. It was like, it's like when your parents tell you, it's, you know, you're like, mom, I want to go to this, uh, I want to go to this um, baseball card show. And she's like, it's too far. It's 45 minutes away by driving. Yeah. I wish I wish the card shows around me were 45 minutes. <laughs> how long does it take you before before we get back to talking about World Cup stuff? How long does it take you to get to the Rosemont show? About about an hour. Good oh. hour. Good hour getting there. Half the time it's about an hour and a half to hour 45 coming back. Coming there's back. There's always a ton of traffic. Yeah. So. Which is funny because it takes me probably an hour to get there and I live in Chicago, but I take mass transit. If yeah. I drove there, it probably would take me 35 minutes. So it's not too bad considering how far you're coming from. So so this – back to, back to this trophy, the yeah. – the, the, the silver chalice engulfed in bubble wrap, uh, <laughs> whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. I, you know what? It's whatever. You know, like I said, we, my wife and I had this conversation the other day. She, she asked, she's like, so this world cup thing, what do you win? I said, you win a trophy. She's like, is it like the Stanley cup? I'm like, nope, it's nothing like the Stanley cup. She said, do you get to keep it? Like, that's a good question. I don't know that anybody would want to keep it. And then I showed her what it looked like, and she was like, oh, you probably could put flowers in there. And that was about the extent of that conversation. Yeah, you know, it'd be cool if um, a couple of months ago on Puck Junk, I did an article about um, trophies that used to be awarded. And there used to be this trophy called the O'Brien Trophy. And it'd be cool if the NHL dusted that off and started awarding that again. Because back when the NHL, well, the NHL and the National Hockey Association were not the same entity. But um, I believe the O'Brien Trophy was originally awarded to the winner of the NHA. And then when the NHL formed, the NHA disbanded. And I believe the NHL took over the trophy. And then for a little while, that was like the trophy that you would win if you were the NHL champion, because you still had to challenge for the Stanley Cup. So, and then and then after a while, then it became like a trophy for like the runner-up. Um, and I think for a little while, it was like a trophy for like a conference winner um and then they haven't like awarded it since 1950 so that would actually be i'm not saying it's a better looking trophy i mean it's just like an old trophy with like hockey skaters on it and stuff but it's old that's kind of cool and i think that's the thing you can have an ugly trophy that's old and people will say oh but it's got history behind it and that's that's true and i think that back then i can't say that now they do a better job than back then, or back then they do a better job than now. But I think back then, if they wanted to make a hockey trophy, they'd want it to look like a hockey trophy. And now I think they just try to be too abstract and weird, right? Like I, w- I would much rather get the old trophy that's, you know, the part wooden and part fake, fake gold. Mm-hmm. And on the top of it's just a little golden hockey player guy. I'd rather have that than this thing. I mean, here's the thing. The actual trophy itself is very plain, I guess. I mean, it, it looks like somebody wrapped a silver 
vase in bubble wrap. Well, that's the, really what it looks like. The bubble wrap is supposed to be ice that has skate marks on it. Supposedly, yes. But you know the World Cup logo. You've seen the World Cup mm-hmm. logo, right? Well, they where they, it's that trophy. Only they've got it's colored, right? So it, it looks like a piece of candy. I would rather win the piece of candy. Okay. Because it looks cooler than this trophy. But you know what? I don't think it's ultimate. It's not ultimately about the trophy. Yeah, the trophy's great and it shows, hey, we won, yay. But you know, it's more about the competition. Than the trophy else. symbolizes the, the trophy. Just symbolizes, yeah, it symbolizes what you what you did, you know, and where you were. I don't I mean, think my... any any Stanley Cup winners that are involved in this. If they win it, are they gonna skate around the ice with it, hold over their heads, and be when they win the Stanley Cup? Absolutely not. But it is what it is. Yeah, I wish it was a little less trying to be cool and just you know either vintage or cool. But uh, yeah, it is what it is. So yeah. we got a couple games. Uh, we got some games coming up here, and I'm gonna let's see here. Let me just pull up the schedule. I want to see which ones am I excited about. I mean, I'm gonna try to watch them all because actually, you know what's funny is the timing for World Cup of Hockey couldn't have been better because all summer I've been watching Game of Thrones, which I had never seen before. Uh, when we changed from AT and T, no, excuse me, when we changed from Dish Network to Comcast Xfinity, it had all of the Game of Thrones on demand. So I've yeah. been watching that, which is great to not have hockey as a distraction so I could sit and watch, you know, three, four episodes a night. It's hard to want to watch shows when you also watch hockey because it's there's always a hockey game on. So it's like, oh, the Blackhawks are playing. I can't watch this tonight. I really want to watch the Blackhawks. Or, oh, well, this other, these... You know, another team that I like is playing. I like watching certain teams, um, but most of the time I'll watch any hockey game, but with no hockey on, it's just like, yay, Game of Thrones. And now that I burned through all six seasons and season seven doesn't come out till like summer of 2017. So then World Cup of Hockey comes along and it's like, all right, hockey. So I am excited about this, but I'm definitely excited about um, USA-Canada games and I want to see any game with Team North America because I want to see they, they they burned Europe a little too Team Europe a little too easily and I want to see if they you know if they do the same to um, Finland or Russia. Yeah, I mean it's just watching these preliminary games. USA Canada, it can get it's it could get brutal. I mean it could get brutal and i don't know if i like that or i don't like that because you know let's keep in mind these guys still have to play a season of hockey uh a regular nhl season coming yeah and if they empty the tanks in this tournament and go all out and guys are getting hurt and injured and things like that it's not going to be very entertaining of a hockey season when half of your star players are sitting on ir for a couple months. Well, I mean, think various back, things. Think so, back to the 1991 uh, Canada Cup when Gretzky was knocked out uh, yeah. by by uh, Gary Suter hit him, knocked him out of the the tournament, and then also Gretzky missed you know the opening you know month or so of of the regular season. So yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it would suck to um, 
get hurt for you know uh, an ugly trophy inside of an uglier trophy. Well, and that's the thing, and that's why I say you know the trophy. It is what it is. This is more about team pride, and it's more about just the sheer fact that these guys are actually taking this seriously. Mm-hmm. And when you see them out there and you see the intensity level that just these preliminary games have taken, I mean, Sweden and Finland played all out against each other. Canada and U.S. played all out against each other. Yes. I mean, it wasn't like watching an all-star game where everybody goes out there and just plays target practice with the goalies. People were playing defense. They were hitting each other. It was like a regular full-scale NHL game only with all superstars on the ice. And that's what made it. thing is, those were just preliminary games. Imagine how much more intense it's going to get when the tournament actually starts. Yeah, I mean, USA, USA wants to win. They want to beat Canada. They want revenge for what happened, you know, in Sochi in the Olympics. They, you know, they were basically embarrassed back then. This is their chance at retribution. And arguably, Team Canada is the team to beat in this tournament. I mean, Sweden is the you know team people keep talking about as being the probably the top team, and I don't necessarily disagree. But Team Canada, I mean, look at them. You look at look at the roster and look at the makeup of that team and how they're able to play. Their only real question is in goal. And after that first game, you know, as soon as Carey Price you know knocks the rust off, he'll be all right. Um, I think Team USA has a lot more questions, and they it definitely showed in that second game. Um, they have some discipline issues. They need to bring it down a couple notches and start playing a lot smarter. And if they don't, then all of us that were complaining and and pointing out the fact that they left off quite a few glaring omissions with. Um, not bringing on some more firepower that they could have. Uh, I think all of us are going to be um, dancing a jig of we told you so. Yeah, I mean, we're all scratching our heads over Phil Kessel being left off the team. But then again... Um, it's not just Phil Kessel. I mean, there's plenty of others that you could you could name that could have brought a lot more scoring that aren't... No, that's not... Look, that's not Tortorella's game I mean, as a coach. You know, that's not the game that, that he coaches. Um, so it's a tortor game. He gets what he wants. I think the, the funny part is he's already gone after players and it's only the the preliminary games. He was yesterday he called out Max Pacioretty after the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he's already mixed up lines. I mean. Well, that's, this is the time I, to do it. It is the time to do it, but guys were out there gelling, and he brings them back in, and it's like, all right, we're going to switch all this up, and now they go out there, and the chemistry may not necessarily be there after the fact, and so I don't know. It's I I understand playing all these all these games, getting ready, you know, figuring out what your lines are going to be and that kind of thing, but. I'm I'm anxious to see what the intensity level is once the tournament actually starts. All right, so who do you have picked for the the finals then, or even the final four? I I think I don't think it'd be a big leap of faith to say final four is going to be USA, Canada, Team North America, Sweden, but the final two. USA. So you're saying USA, Canada, 
Sweden, and Team North America. Yes. Well, let's see. We know it's not going to be, I mean, not count our chickens before they've uh, hatched, but probably not going to be Team Europe. No. Probably not going to be Czech Republic. No. Probably not going to be Russia. I mean, Datsuk is not playing like he was going to play, so... No, and I don't know. Did you have you watched Russia play? Uh uh-uh. uh. I haven't Malk- watched any of their games. Malkin and Ovechkin look tired and slow. Both of them. So I don't I don't know what's going on. I mean, maybe they're it, just dogging it till the it, real deal. Yeah, unless they're holding back, that's fine, but to me they both looked tired. And I that's not good. <laughs> okay, so those those three. So then we're left with uh, the four that I mentioned, and then Finland. And Finland, Finland, Finland is... could be a wild card, but I don't think they will be. I think Finland, Finland got lucky against Sweden. Um, you know, obviously taking the one game to overtime and mm-hmm. o- Olimata scoring that goal, mm-hmm. um, which was awesome goal. But you know, I think Finland, Finland doesn't have all of the depth that the other teams have. Right. So getting back. So then, so my original, not really a, a mind blowing prediction of final four, USA, Canada, team, North America, Sweden. So, so you say Canada one, us two, and then on the other side, Sweden one, North America two. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that sounds, that sounds about right. Cause the only way you're going to get, U.S. final is probably that combination mm-hmm. because I could see te- I could this is this sounds stupid but I could see Team USA beating Sweden. I don't think Team USA could beat Team North America. I would like to see, and I don't know how we'd have to do this on paper to make this work. I'd actually like to see a final between Team Team North America and Team Canada. It would have to be how they were placed. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying I would love that would just be crazy. Because the way they have the way they have this set, this set up in the end, number one in Group A plays number two in Group B, mm-hmm. and number one in Group B plays number two in Group A. Mm-hmm. So it's flip-flopped. So it just depends on where they're going to finish. So if we got one and two Canada to U.S. and one and two Sweden and North America, there's no way that's going to play out that way. All right. Well, anything else before we wrap it up then? I'm excited to watch some more hockey and interested to see if uh, if ESPN tries to parlay this into uh, something more going forward. Hmm. Yeah, if this is going to become the uh, replacement for the Olympics, right? I mean, you never know, or if they could jump, you know, right back in and and make a bid for putting games back on ESPN. Who knows? Ugh, I don't want to think about that. Hey, you never know. Friday Friday night hockey on ESPN that wouldn't be bad to watch. Yeah, Friday at ten thirty at night, right? Only if it's West Coast. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. More hockey goodness. Follow us on Twitter at PuckJunk. <laughs>